If you have your Bibles with you, you can open to Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to read the passage that we read this morning. As we continue on and thinking about the Christ child being fully God and fully man. Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 reads this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Jesus, to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. The, the name Emmanuel, here spoken in Matthew chapter 1, it, it really stands out in a significant way, uh, especially if we have read and studied the Old Testament, that God has created mankind to live with them. He desires to fellowship with us. He desires for us to serve him as his image bearers uh, eternally forever in peace and in unity with him. Yet, Sin, as we have seen in the book of Genesis, has driven us away from the presence of God. God set up his temple later on in which he would get closer to us so that we could worship him and yet was still apart from us. A veil uh, closing him into the holy of holies. But even in the temple... This place that God set up perfectly so that we could worship Him, it, sin overcame in there. And the priests and the prophets, they became corrupt. And the nation strayed away from God, serving other gods instead. And then we read in the prophets this terrible passage in Ezekiel where God leaves the temple goes up onto the mountain and departs from his people. For 400 years, God was silent. He no longer spoke. He no longer made his word known. And then, the eternal God became flesh. Incredible. Since we couldn't approach him... He came to us, still veiled, this time in flesh and bones. The fullness of the Godhead in him as he lived among us. And Joseph is told that this baby in Mary's womb is the exact imprint of the nature of God. 
His own Creator and Lord, the Most High of Heaven, God now with us. Will you pray with me before we continue? Our God, we rest our souls here in this time tonight to think on the impact of what it is to have the Holy One enter into the chaos of this world. That the Prince of Peace would come to be a Savior of the world. Our Father, we bow and worship in adoration of you and all your power and authority, and yet you used that power and authority to serve us. So, Father, we give you our thanks. We praise you. Thankful that we can know you. In Jesus' name, amen. In Genesis, we've studied about uh, certain people that have come up throughout history, and, and God calls them righteous. We can think of Noah. For a while now, we've been studying the life of Abraham. And yet, it seems like every time they're called righteous, God deems them righteous in their generations, then they commit these horrifying sins. And we're finding out that no matter how good people are on earth, they're never good enough. And that humanity is never going to be our Savior. And the Bible leads us to conclude that there is nobody righteous, no, not one. This morning we learned why our Savior had to be human. And tonight we think on our Savior as God. And, and there's just so much, especially during this time of year, that's trying to take our thoughts away, trying to consume us. You know, the, the hopes of a white Christmas and all the baking that needs to get done and, and the meat that needs to get smoked and the gifts that probably are still in the closet, come to think of it, and that hasn't been wrapped yet. <laughs> I know what I'm doing tonight. Uh, the travel that needs to get done. Notice it's so easy to be distracted. But let's rest and just think on the Savior. That's the best thing we can do tonight. Jesus is the eternal God. He's the consuming fire of heaven. The holy of holies, the Lord of lords, the one who dwells between the cherubim in eternal light. He's the very word of God. The infinite power that holds all things together. He is in him all wisdom and all knowledge and all understanding. And we celebrate the day that that consuming fire became a little tiny baby boy and rested in the arms of a teenage girl who was completely out of her element, <laughs> terrified. This is mind-boggling. How can he depend? How can he, the one who holds everything together, how is he the one now depending upon sinners for his very survival? When he breathed life into us and knit us together into the womb. When we think about God in relation to sin, yeah, we rightly think about his wrath. We think about his justice, the judgment that's to come, the fire from heaven, his holiness consuming us until we are but ash, blown in the wind. But it is the incarnation in Jesus in which we get to witness his all-consuming love. 
Jesus would reach out his hand and he would touch lepers. These people, because of their disease, who no longer knew what human touch was like. But it was in Jesus, not only were they felt human touch, but they were touched by the hand of God. He fellowshiped around a meal with tax collectors. These people who were thieves and rebels. They had given up being accepted by God because the religious leaders told them they couldn't be. That they were excluded from the community, cast aside, but now God ate with them. A woman who was unclean in blood reached out and touched the hem of Jesus' garment. An act which should have made him unclean, but instead made her well. He didn't rebuke her. Instead, he called her daughter. He talked to fevers. He talked to water. He talked to weather. He talked to demons. And all of them could do nothing but what they were told. Because in Jesus, the fullness of deity dwelt. You see, in the incarnation, the light of heaven came and invaded the darkness that was in the world. His tender love for the lost sheep of Israel drove him to serve them. This is our God. This is the Most High, the Mighty One, the Eternal One, the God of angels and the God of humanity. This is God, and He came to live with us. I hope that truth never becomes common. That must just create in us awe and wonder. God with us, Emmanuel. On earth, he would be a leader of some. He would be a servant to all. He would be dependent upon the service of women. He would notice and he would pay attention to children. He would cry out against injustice and false religion. God with us. And our sin, as he lived here, you knew our sin was right in his face. He heard the coarse language of the streets. He dined with people who were very active in immorality. He conversed with an immoral Samaritan woman. He witnessed a very dead Judaism, full of action but with no heart. He saw tears from people. He witnessed their depravity. He saw them at their worst. He traveled with those who were succumbed to anger and for a long time not repentant. And our God in Jesus cried himself. He wept over the sin of the people he dearly loved. He hated re rebellion but he was so tender-hearted toward their souls. It was this Jesus who came for you and for me, and though he is not physically present here any longer, he sent his spirit into the world that has remained here for centuries, doing the same thing that he had done. Today it says he's drawing sinners to the Father. He's showing us truth. He's convicting us of our sin. He is present in every conversation. He hears every single word. 
And he knows our own thoughts. And he is still in deep compassion, desiring for us to be saved. Jesus had to be God. He had to be. Because only God can save. First and foremost, think of this. It was his forgiveness that we needed. David admits, God, to you alone have I sinned. Against you I have sinned. Our sin is against his authority. We are rebels against him. And it's good to forgive others and be forgiven by people. But our eternity depends only on if we are forgiven by God. We needed his forgiveness. And he has told us that forgiveness is found in only one place. It's the person of Jesus. On the cross, Jesus the man and Jesus our God died. The breath of life in him was stopped. The blood in his veins poured to the ground. In righteous obedience he suffered. God suffered. He suffered in a way he's never known suffering but by being human and still being God. He suffered in every way for you and me and God has told us through his word that faith alone now saves us. And the greatest gift we can receive is his life, his righteousness, his forgiveness. The made-up gods of religion have never come close to this God. Never. No God of any other religion has this depth of compassion and mercy and love for people. And yet also holding us to such a high standard. No other God. A standard that we all fall short. So God did what we couldn't do. He became a man. The Holy One living among sinners. The Compassionate One living among the rebellious. The Giver of Life living among the dead. And He offered His life on our behalf. Jesus is the only one who can save. Will you bow our heart, your hearts and your heads with me as we close in prayer? I want to give you a moment just to pray, and then we're going to gather in a circle and do our candlelight portion of this service. Father, you have called us to be still and to know that you are God. And we surely recognize that Jesus was truly human, not a phantom, not an illusion, but true flesh and bones that people were able to touch and to see and to hear. And yet in him dwelt the whole glory of God. He tabernacled among us, you say, living among us. Father, I've never been as broken over sin as Jesus was. 
the one who is holy and pure to hear and to see such cruelty and coarseness and immoral. And, and Lord, we repent of our sin. In the presence of the holy God, we repent. Our God, as we finish up here tonight together, I pray that your light will shine in our hearts. You'll illuminate our minds to truth that we may believe you and know you as the one true God. That your Holy Spirit will come into us and live in us until you return. Lord, as your church, we long, we long to see the sun fade away by the glory of the Lord. When you return in all glory and majesty and power to take back what's yours to forever clean it up, to get rid of wickedness and evil desire and sin, and to create for yourself, for us, a kingdom of righteousness and peace. So this Christmas, Father, we bow our heads again and thank you for your perfect gift, your Son, the one born into such cruel surroundings to be treated so cruelly by those who hated him but doing it all for love for us and obedience to you so we ask that this Christmas give you all glory and all praise and all honor for you deserve all of it in Jesus name Amen